Oh, I'm so screwed. I knew I knew I should not have done this. <laughs> this is a bad idea. Okay, so movie set in in '97 comes out in '97. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. Movie comes out in '97. Really, sort of like a golden age of like that Disney family sort of safe comedy. Yeah, safe movie. Not. I'm thinking like Sandlot, um, like Mighty Ducks, uh, even yeah. Rudy, which is more of a drama, but. Like there was this whole like really nice run of like PG comedy and, and family movies, and not all of them were Disney, but um, this sort of came out in right in that time. But it also sort of flew right under the radar, don't you think? Well, would Cool Runnings have come out about oh, that same yes, time? Yes, that perfect example. <clears throat> yeah, it, it so it came up against some pretty tough competition. But yeah, I get it. I remember watching it for the first time. I'm not even sure. I mean, I must have rented it. I'm not sure how I saw it the first time. And I had very low expectations of it because I had never heard of it before. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking, why was this movie not a number one hit in the theaters? I can't believe that I've never heard of this movie before. I didn't catch it when it came out either, like to be honest with you. And it, it was it would have been in my wheelhouse to see, like at that point in my life, of like, oh, this is a like a really silly family comedy. Like I would have been all over it, but I have no recollection of it ever coming out in the theater. Well, I would have been all I was, I am, I was, and still am. Movies like Hot Shots, Airplane, uh-huh. Spaceballs, all those stupid comedies. Those are the those are comedies I enjoy. So when this first came out, I it blew my mind that I somehow was not aware of its release. So what do you? Th- why do you think it sort of went under the radar? Like why was it never more popular? Like why did it sort of just fall into like a cult, cult classic kind of thing? Well, I don't think the cover art did it any favors. <laughs> I love the cover. Art. <laughs> I mean, I could have I could have imagined myself seeing the cover art and just passing right by it. <laughs> so maybe that was part of it. It was a it was a poor it was a poor uh, marketing design. Yeah, I got to feel like Harlan Williams was sort of the best and the worst thing, like best and the worst casting that that could have been because <laughs> people like you and me just love him in that movie. But also like I can see how people would maybe see the preview or hear about the movie and just be turned off because he's so odd. But there are, there are certain aspects of that movie that can only be pulled. Maybe Jim Carrey and some of those were, you know, when they, when they make the announcement that he's going on the trip (laughs) and his excitement is just uncontrollable, I guess you could say (laughs) to uh, announce the appointment of astronaut and third crew member of the historic man mission to Mars, astronaut Craig Randall. It takes a special actor to pull that off. Yeah. Well, and as a side note, that is that's how Shannon and I react every time we see a new fun, sexy Bible time is oh, coming up. Oh, stop! So just just imagine us sitting on our couch acting like that. <laughs> <laughs> Very few things elicit that kind of response from us. Okay, so Harlan Williams 
Canadian. Um, <laughs> mostly, maybe that's maybe that's why it didn't do it. Yeah. Mostly an unknown, I would say. Like when this movie came out, I think most people probably would have recognized him as the uh, the state trooper from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, which which I think that came out in '94, <laughs> so that was a couple years before that. <laughs> did did that part in Dumb and Dumber typecast him for the rest of his life? I don't know. Like, I mean, that was a funny scene, but like looking back, like you really didn't you really didn't get like the Harlan Williams experience from that scene. Cause he was like the straight guy in that scene. He was the straight, but guy. he made, he made the most of that role. Though, he did. He did. With those faces. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and, uh, so you got Harlan well, Williams he- in the, in the starring role. Very, I don't know how, like if somebody is not familiar with Harlan Williams, it's just a very strange cadence. Um, strange not strange but you know canadian sort of looping high-pitched accent um and just very odd mannerisms very much like uh jim carrey or maybe like almost like conan o'brien in a weird way i think your comparison to Polly shore is pretty good in that in that regard too okay. not that they have the same mannerisms but Polly shore is known for how he talks and how he acts and that's uh, he's instantly recognizable and and Harlan's kind of the same way, or maybe Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> In the the uh, uh, old police academy movies. Yeah, I th- I think that what made me compare him to Polly Shore was that Polly Shore is, is was always sort of divisive in that some people were just instantly annoyed with him and didn't want to even see him on screen or hear him. Oh. And, and I think Harlan Williams is the same way that. Um, a lot you can you can get turned off by him pretty quickly like if you're not in the right mood what does it say about us that we're we're drawn to very annoying people (laughs) (laughs) i would say too well i would say like what what makes him um for lack of a better word digestible to me, there's a there's a sweetness underneath it. Like it's not he's uh-huh. not being mean spirited. Yeah, and, and not that you know there's never a place for being mean spirited, but in that kind of movie, like if it had been like a really edgy character, like I don't think it would have worked. It, you needed like yeah. a like a very innocent childlike character in that in that role. Well, he's always kind of the underdog, or you you always kind of feel a little bit sorry for him. Yeah, which makes you want to root for him. So maybe that takes the edge off of some of his. Uh, uh, the cadence, <laughs> how he communicates. Okay, so if, I, go ahead, go ahead. Well, you mentioned that he was Canadian. <clears throat> there are, there are, I would say probably three of my, three of my all-time favorite movies or shows all have Canadian origins. Now, I mean, Harlan was, he's Canadian, but there's this, if you ever want to get more niche than Rocket Man. There's this great comedy, probably in the early 80s, called Strange Brew yep. with Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. It all takes place in Canada. Um, and then, uh, of course, the Red Green Show. So Canada, ha- Canada has a lot of a lot of has a lot going for it. <laughs> I've seen I've seen both of those things. Um, I, I will freely admit to that. Well, Strange Brew was right on the border of what I could watch because there was that one uh, quasi-sexy time scene when he walks in on his parents. <laughs> and so they, 
that kind of sprung up. My parents didn't know about it, and we we almost had to shut it down because of that. Well, who among us hasn't been there? You know, just... <laughs> well, I'll let you discuss that in a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can explore that with some. You can explore that with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to, if you've never seen the movie, we'll we'll set the stage here, like really briefly. Harlan Williams is is a thirty year old whiz kid nerd computer programmer who works for NASA, and NASA is planning a uh, planning a voyage to Mars with three astronauts. One of the astronauts gets injured, and to make a long story short, Harlan Williams' character, even though he's not an astronaut, is one of the only people who can do what needs to be done on the, with the computers. So he has to now go to Mars on very short notice. So there's your basic. <laughs> plot premise and if you try to make it make sense uh, it won't make sense Uh, especially the part where like they're at mars and they're like talking back to mission control in real time (laughs) there's no delay whatsoever i mean you and i are only what 100 miles apart and there's like a five minute delay (laughs) this is true (laughs) we've had multiple issues already Technical difficulties. <laughs> Back in the nineties, they had a four K display and high def audio. <laughs> one of my random like favorite things about the movies is that like at one point they're um, they're showing like the NASA people on their computers, and I swear one of them is like doing a program in like Windows ninety three. <laughs> like that's that's like the NASA program is Windows ninety three. Can you imagine what I mean? What were they using when they sent the first man to the moon? Uh, I. <laughs> How do they do all that without without computers? Or uh, I guess they had computers, but I mean, they were basically using Windows Millennium, weren't they? I... <laughs> <laughs> or something equivalently, equivalently terrible, or you know, just like an abacus or something. <laughs> <laughs> You, you kind of think like in the early days, like those astronauts didn't think they were ever coming back. No, it was a it was a suicide. It was a kamikaze mission for all they knew. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, okay, I believe that you can strap me to this giant rocket and it'll get me off Earth, but I have no confidence that you'll be able to get me back. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure depression was somewhere on the application. Are you severely depressed? And you didn't get the job unless you checked yes. <clears throat> <laughs> if you weren't, there was no way you'd take that job. So where do you begin? Like somebody who's never seen the movie Rocket Man, what is your what is your go-to thing to try to convince them that they need to see this movie? <laughs> well, the problem is trying to talk about this with no visual. So much of what Harlan does is, uh, is visual comedy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that makes it perfect for radio like this or for podcasts. But my, my, my go-to is obviously uh, where they're farting in their spacesuits. <laughs> there's just two of them connected together by one hose. And Harlan just denies, denies, denies. <laughs> he, ne- he never backs down. He is, he is adamant that it was not him. And to this day, we always blame Judy in our house for that. It could be me and Calvin in a car together, just the two of us, and I would I will never admit to it. I always blame Judy. If if you, if you think his line "It wasn't me" is not funny, 
it's going to be a long movie for you. <laughs> that's true. The script for him was pretty easy. I mean, he had to memorize a few words and that's it. Uh, you gotta, like, <laughs> he did it well. To have ad-libbed about 30% of the script. <laughs> oh, and they set, I mean, they set it up so perfectly. I mean, having him stranded on Mars, they had to, they had to share. Like, I wonder if all that was just, they were knowingly leading up. They're trying to figure out how can we make farting on Mars the most funny. And so they had, they had the entire setup just for the, and it was well worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if, I wonder if they just had them attached to a hose to each other to share air. And then they thought, Oh, you know, it'd be really funny. What if one of them farts? Or if they said, we need to have a farting joke in this movie somewhere. How how could we make it really funny? It's really a movie for, you know, like they say, like the Sandlot was sort of like a movie for like 12-year-old boys. Uh-huh. If that's true, Rocket Man is has got to be a movie for like 8-year-old boys. <laughs> because it's so childlike. Not stupid, but it's 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 just very childlike. I think it's a movie for boys, period. <clears throat> Shannon didn't appreciate it nearly as much as me and Calvin <laughs> and Silas appreciated it. <clears throat> you can sit my eight-year-old, my 12-year-old, myself, and my dad on the couch, and we would be laughing through the whole thing. How many animal noises does Harlan Williams make throughout the entire movie? <laughs> Four or five, weren't there? He did the monkey a bunch of times. Yeah. He did the. He, he tried to wake up Julie by doing the rooster. That's right. <laughs> See, I wonder if some of that. I wonder if that was ad libbed, or if they knew that they had what that whoever plays whoever plays this character has to make. I wonder if that was written in this in the uh, <laughs> the requirements somewhere. It has to make a lot of animal noises. Or if you just ad-lib that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> if I had to boil the movie down to one exchange, um, one of the, the NASA people tells Harlan Williams, there could be life on Mars. And Harlan <laughs> goes, well, there could be life or death from the vicious Martian cross devils with their venomous fangs and wet-sucking lips. <laughs> And just <laughs> if people don't watch the movie after hearing that, they're beyond my help. <laughs> Vicious Martian crust devils. <laughs> that was my favorite phrase of the movie. Oh, I, I think I think that his reaction. We talked about this already. His reaction to being named on the mission. And again, you can't describe this. You just have to watch it. That goes down as one of the all-time funniest moments in any movie ever for me. I don't care how many times I watch that. I always, I always lose it every time. And the other, I think, I wonder how much, how much thought they put into. Well, they go up. They go up. They're launched into space, and because it takes so long to get to Mars, they have to put them in this deep sleep for like seven years. I can't remember the exact amount of time. I think it was like eight months or something. Eight months. Okay. So they, they have to go to sleep for a long time because there's not enough food and oxygen <clears throat> to last that long. <laughs> so, you know, the monkey gets Harlan's 
uh, capsule to sleep in. And then Harlan can't fit in the monkey's capsule, so there's not enough gas to keep him asleep. And you're supposed to be sleeping for eight months. And when he finally wakes up and he looks at the clock, you know it's going to be a short amount of time that he was sleeping. <laughs> but you see 14 minutes pop up on the screen. And <laughs> not 15, not 10. I love that it was 14 minutes. <laughs> All right. Oh, got his face. All right, so let's talk about this. We we gotta talk about the the the, the journey to Mars because there's there's some questions that pop up that we need to address. <laughs> okay. Okay. So on on the spaceship, there's three astronauts: Harlan Williams, uh, Captain Overbeck, who is sort of like the, just the ultimate straight man, who is oh. the, the foil of Harlan Williams, and um <laughs> and the attractive uh, geologist Julie. I think Julie Ford, something like that. Julie and a monkey. So (laughs) the monkey steals Harlan Williams sleep chamber. And then he (laughs) is forced to spend the eight months roaming the ship, which is really really funny. There's a really funny montage there. I've got some questions here. Uh I really feel like he could have squeezed into the monkey's chamber. You don't think he gave it his all? I don't think he gave it his all. I, I think he, he he could have drawn his legs up. He could have fit inside the monkey's chamber. But he's probably thinking, if I fit all the way in there, I'm going to be really sore when I wake up eight months from now. Because uh, it was not it was not going to be a comfortable position to sleep in for eight months. <laughs> yeah. And but worst case scenario is you have to imagine, <clears throat> since I'm sure the movie is scientifically accurate. Yes. They only used enough gas in that chamber for the monkey. So even if he squeezed himself all the way in, I don't think he would have received enough gas to keep him sleeping the whole eight months. So maybe he would have woken up a month after falling asleep. And then he would have been stuck in that cell for the next seven months. If that's true. Then the monkey's dead because then the monkey got too much gas. Oh, that's true. Hmm. Well, maybe monkeys die. Maybe monkeys metabolize uh, sleeping gas faster than humans do. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is my other question. Uh, last year, there was a, a pretty big movie that came out with uh, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence called Passengers. Uh, if you haven't seen Passengers, it came out last year, so you don't you don't get a spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, in that movie, Chris Pratt they're they're on a a similar type thing, a spaceship going, you know. I think it was like 90 years or something. That was the voyage to get to the netherworld. And Chris Pratt accidentally wakes up on the spaceship, like in the, uh, during the travel while everybody else is still in hypersleep. Okay. And the crux of the movie is he finds Jennifer Lawrence's pod and falls in love with her. And he's, he has to decide whether or not he's going to wake her up. Hmm. Knowing that, like he would, like he he can't get back to sleep, and if he wakes her up, she won't be able to get back to sleep either. But he's going mad on this spaceship all by himself. So it makes me wonder: did they did they borrow did they borrow the plot of, of our movie Rocket Man? Hmm. Was there a monkey involved in Passengers? No, but there were, there was a robot. Okay, there was a robot bartender. Well, I've not seen Passengers. Uh, but I've heard there is somewhat of a a heated love scene in Passengers. So I'm wondering if Rocket Man is just kind of the family version of Passengers. 
like if you want to take your kids to see passengers, but you don't want them to see, you know, sexy time, then you take them to see Rocket Man instead. Well, you, I mean, well, maybe, maybe passengers is just the unedited version of Rocket Man. This is tr- <laughs> they release the director's cut version. Everything is connected. <laughs> it should it should say passengers under or director's cut of Rocket Man. Okay, so since we're already talking about it, are you were you okay with with the romantic plot arc of Julie eventually falling for Harlan Williams? <clears throat> well, you know he's always the underdog, so I'm always kind of wanting things to work out for him more so than Captain. I can't remember his name. The the captain. I didn't think I didn't think Overbeck deserved her. <laughs> I don't think he was interested in her. I think he was just a. I think he was married to the mission. I think he was just trying to play it cool. Uh, he thought by, by acting like he wasn't interested, she would be interested in him. Uh, gotcha. I wonder if she regrets that decision to choose. If she regrets her decision to choose Harlan. I wonder how long she was happy with that decision. Well, we're assuming that everyone survived the trip back. Yes. <clears throat> so I wonder, I wonder if once they landed, she thought, Oh crap! I didn't think I was going to get. I didn't think I was going to live this long. I wish I wouldn't have married this guy. Yeah, yeah. She, she really underrated '90s babe. I'm just throwing that what out else, there. She had, what else was she in? Uh, she was in a couple. She, I think she she had a she had a little arc on Seinfeld. She was one of Seinfeld's girlfriends. Oh, really? really? But uh. I'm just like judging like solely on this movie. Like uh, her '90s hair was was, was quite potent. <laughs> yeah, the '90s hair, the mom jeans from the '90s, <laughs> always an attractive look. I'm surprised those went out of style. <laughs> well, you know, in the very end, when uh, Harlan Williams makes a, uh, a a ball gown for her. Out of the uh, <laughs> metallic uh, space blanket. Uh huh. She cleaned up nice. Let's just throw she that. She did. Out. She cleaned up very nice for the. Uh, she did. For the romantic <clears throat> dance at the end of the movie. Well, you know, and well, something else to think about. Do you think because Harlan was also to make he was also able to make magic with all the food that they had that came in little tubes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, he used it as paint to paint murals all over the spacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think those were original paintings by Harland? <laughs> Is he an artist, and that's he used that on the the movie to display his his talent? It would not shock me if he actually did do that. I could see him as being kind of a quirky artist painter. Yeah. Do you think Harlan survived the, the voyage home? And if so, how? I think he did. I think I think he I think Harlan is indestructible. <laughs> so I don't All right. I, 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 I analyze this scientifically. <laughs> okay. So when they get to Mars, he's used almost all of the food to paint a mural on like the uh like the ceiling of the spaceship. Right. He shows Captain Overbeck the food that is left over, and it's like seven toothpaste tubes full of food. Right. And laxatives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they, they finish the mission, get back to the uh yeah. they get back to the ship, and they're all going back into hypersleep, 
and the same thing happens. The monkey steals Harlan's <laughs> pie. And so now Harlan has another eight-month voyage back to Earth, but he's only got like seven toothpaste tubes full of food left. Uh-huh. So if he's going to survive, this is what I thought a lot about this. Mm-hmm. He's got two options. He Once he gets through with like he rations the, the existing food out as long as he can, yeah. Really, his two options are climb up to the ceiling and lick the ceiling. <laughs> right. Or, sure. Or he's got to break open the monkey's pot and, and kill the monkey and eat the monkey. Yeah. I don't think the monkey made it back. <laughs> I think this, I think the sequel is much bloodier. <laughs> <laughs> and probably has a much higher rating just because of the, the violence and the cannibalism. And like, Plus, you know, the monkey didn't make it back. Did the captain make it back? I think so. I think so. Monkey's not gonna, you're not going to last him food for eight months. I, I think so, and this is why I, I've, I've thought about this. I've got a detailed response. I think Overbeck <laughs> made it back because this very subtle, very subtle in the script. They did this. He is a jerk for like an hour and ten minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Not always without reason, because Harlan Williams is sort of like this man baby of destruction. Yeah. But Overbeck is definitely a jerk towards him. Until, like, the very, very end, like when Harlan sacrifices himself to save the monkey and gets caught <laughs> out in the sandstorm. Uh-huh. And everybody is back in the uh, the lander except for Harlan Williams. Yeah. And Overbeck is like, I'm going out there for him. <laughs> And he goes back out and gets Harlan true. and drags him back in. So that was like his redemption thing of, you know, he'd been humiliated and foiled the entire movie. But, it, you know, if not for his action, uh, Harlan dies. So is that are you saying that's some type of like a <clears throat> analogy to uh, Jesus sacrificial uh, death for people? Is that how the Christian aspect of this movie comes out? Is this is this be really a giant allegory? Well, obviously, obviously, the entire film is jam packed with theology. <laughs> it is obviously, but I, I don't think Harlan could kill Overbeck and eat him, knowing that like he saved his life. <clears throat> well, you have to remember Harlan in this movie is a pretty he's pretty resourceful and pretty tough. He survived that. When he was going through those tests, the testing, and he had to go through that G-force machine yeah. where they just spun him around and around and around. Mm-hmm. He was one of the only. He was one of the few people could have, who who made it through there happily. <laughs> <laughs> who was asking to go again? <laughs> he's, I think it would take a lot to to kill him off. Mm-hmm. He's going to find a way. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I hope he makes it back. I just. I've got some questions about how that return voyage is going is, is going to go. When do you think the sequel's coming out? Have they announced the release date for that? I feel like the sequel's probably a Netflix special or something. That could be. That could be. Um, yeah, I mean, what what's Harlan Williams doing? Like, of course he'd be down for it. <laughs> I think he has some time on his hands. Like, no offense, Harlan, but I mean, but he does some. I've not seen his stand up. I know he does some stand up. I think he could, he could probably be able to squeeze a movie in between some of his shows. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever seen him on Conan? I have not. It's amazing because he is not, and he's not like super dirty or anything, dirty but like he's definitely not like the family friendly comic. 
<laughs> right. But well, it's like it's like Bob Saget. The only thing people know about Bob Saget is Bob Saget was Full House, and then they watch one of his stand-up comedies, and they have a heart attack and die. <laughs> yeah, Harlan's <laughs> not like dirty, dirty. He's just like really off the wall. Like, yeah. Uh, let's see. What was he was on Conan one time, and um, he, he went on this big rant about just like out of nowhere. Like there was no segue or anything. He was just like, you know, all these ladies are putting silicone in the in their chests <laughs> to attract the boys. I don't like it. If you want to attract the boys, you know what you should put in your breasts? Oh, no. Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a practical comedian. <laughs> You do a fantastic impersonation, by the way. Uh, I feel like it, it's got some work to do, but I appreciate the It's compliment. almost like I'm talking to him. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't agree to come on the show with us. Well, that's a separate issue. But as far as his, um, like, the, the, the tricky thing about the Canadian accent is just remembering to slip that U in, like, after the O. Like, instead of about, it's about. About, right. <laughs> that's really all. I mean, is that the only thing that separates us from the Canadians is that U? <laughs> <laughs> well soon there'll probably be a wall that separates us i'm not sure i'm not sure which one of us is going to build well, it but. if the church wins there will be a wall between us and canada <laughs> all right so I, i've got some of my favorite lines from 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 the script i'm just going to read them to you okay uh, and just let, let you react to them because I, 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 in preparation for this, I watched it again. And there's just so many great, great Harlan lines. I just had to write them down. I'm 30 years old. I'm almost a full-grown man. I've made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches just like you like them. It's a long trip. Well, I'm, I'm not even hungry, honestly. Oh, Look, there's a little moon, a star, and a little rocket. I'm 30 years old. I'm almost a full-grown man. I'll take the rocket. <laughs> I'm, and for most people, that might be. I feel like he has a little ways to go yet, though. <laughs> I feel like it might take longer for him. <laughs> this is probably a separate topic of like how this movie probably could not be made in 2017. This this would go under that heading. I'm. Okay. <laughs> Fun oh, is no. my Chinese neighbor's middle name. Oh, no. It would either get edited out or be given an NC-17 rating. <laughs> it would not go over well. It would just be like a big like TWU sticker that goes on the front, like trigger warning. <laughs> one of my favorite lines, like you, 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 I, I didn't catch it like at first. I had to catch it like on a repeat viewing, but when he's talking to Julie and he just says, it will be an honor sleeping with you. Right. <laughs> Cause I guess he thought that like she was going to be his roommate. And, uh, right. Did he, did he recognize that how that came out? Didn't he correct himself? Yes. He, he I threw something on the end of it. It was like, Oh no, totally right. separate. Uh, uh, beds. Uh, <laughs> that was close to the scene where the monkey was going ballistic in the background. Yeah, when he is that right? 
when the when the monkey bit him and he was like he was hanging onto his finger and he was like smashing it around and it was clearly a monkey doll. This somehow made it even funnier. But they, the, him and the monkey must have really mended their relationship before the flight, because there there were no more monkey attacks. Another one of my favorite lines: "Mommy's yeah. coming, little Billy." <laughs> I can I can picture him perfectly saying that. Call me mommy. Call me mommy. <laughs> and Overbag is like, I'm never gonna call you mommy. <laughs> and Overbag finally goes, Help me, mommy. Yes. And Harlan goes, Say it like you mean it. <laughs> All right, so how would this movie have been different if, if they had casted someone, if they had cast someone other than Harlan Williams? Think about 1997. Think about the choices available. Uh, I think the worst choice would have been Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. What we got going on here? I mean, just rule him out straight away. Well, God is a uh, Mars. The rest of red one, right? Yeah, him and Morgan Freeman probably don't fit the bill for that movie. See, I was I, it, has like, to be, it has to be somebody like Jim Carrey, I think. Uh, he would have like overacted and just yeah. It would have been a cringy rewatch with Jim Carrey. But that role, that role requires a bit of overacting. But you're saying it'd be he would have been, he would have gone too far. I think it would have been like Ace Ventura. Like when I saw Ace Ventura, I thought that he, I thought comedy itself had been reinvented. Right. Like, like as soon as like five years afterwards, I was like, oh gosh, no, no, no. I don't want to sit through that again. Hmm. I don't know who, who would have been a adequate replacement. Uh, let's see. We're talking 97, maybe like an up and coming Ben Stiller. Could have been cast in that. Oh, yeah, that's. I could see that. It would have. It would have been awful. Like he would have just been like completely neurotic, and like, oh, okay, okay, what what are we doing here? Okay, all right. Hey, this guy, this guy, this guy with the astronaut. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that doesn't have the same uh, <laughs> the same attraction. What about uh oh gosh I don't know I can't remember his real name Michael Scott from The Office <laughs> Steve Carell <laughs> Steve Carell there or Will Ferrell I think my personal opinion is you put Will Ferrell in anything I'm gonna laugh really hard yeah yeah he would have been good I'm trying to think of like in '97 like who else from SNL like could have been cast Chris Farley <laughs> <laughs> he would not have fit in the monkey cell. Was he was he dead by that point? I'm trying to think. 90, when did he die? I mean, that 97 was. I was just out of high school. I'm pretty sure he was still alive. Did he die that long ago? I thought he died before then. <clears throat> wow, it's been a while. This is important. Let me let me check. I got to look this up now. This will bother me for the rest of my life if I don't answer this. When did Chris Farley die? 97. You're right. So it, oh, okay. it could have happened. It, it could have. It'd almost be just as funny to think of actors who would be so terrible for the role (laughs) to see how, to see how that would affect the movie. Dude, I am there. I've got it. I guess I've got it immediately. It came to my mind. 
I can't wait. Rocket Man is Tom Cruise. <laughs> Completely humorless. <laughs> Straight face the whole time. Doesn't know it's a comedy. Although he probably would fit in the monkey cell. So they, <laughs> they, wouldn't, have been, they wouldn't have been able to even use that joke in the movie. <laughs> 20 minutes of the movie would have just been him running in slow motion across Mars. <laughs> We're pulling down the walls of the spaceship. (laughs) It takes off from Mars and like he's like hanging on to it by like a tow cable and has got to pull himself back up to the ship. Yeah, Tom Cruise. The director would have been fired had he cast a Tom Cruise. Do you think Tom Cruise would have taken that role? <laughs> I, as long as there were explosions and he got to run, I think he would have uh, up for it. Yeah, that's true. See, but like in '97, could we have got an up-and-coming Angelina Jolie as in the Julie character? Oh, I don't think oh, Shannon, I don't think Shannon's going to appreciate the tone of that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I'm so screwed. I knew I knew I should not have done this. <laughs> This is a bad idea. Hey, you don't have to apologize for you don't have to apologize for a uh, an appreciation of, of late nineties Angelina Jolie. Okay, all right, good. Well, I'll let you tell Shannon that. <laughs> well, what about Reese Witherspoon? She was in some of those kind of dumb blonde uh, movies. Hmm. Was she old enough in ninety seven? I feel like she was still kind of young back then. But I don't know. That's that's, you're right. Like that, maybe like. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what kind of sound you're going to make when I throw this name. Out. <laughs> oh, no. I think I just may remain silent in the role of Julie. How about a how about a nineteen twenty year old Jennifer Love Hewitt? I would have I would have watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I knew silence would have been better. <laughs> maybe, maybe worst case scenario. Oh, maybe. Okay, you tell me. What would have been a worst casting? Tom Cruise as Rocket Man, or Screech from Saved by the Bell as Rocket Man? Oh gosh. Now, see, Screech would qualify what you were talking about before, where he would have been just. Quirk in an, an unbearable kind of quirky. <laughs> and that would have been hard to watch. Yes, I think right. I would almost prefer Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise would have been an entertaining, for completely different reasons, that would have been a, an entertaining film. What if you replace the entire cast with a Saved by the Bell cast? Ooh, okay, obviously Mr. Belding is Captain Overbeck. <laughs> obviously. Uh, no, I take that back. Mr. Belding is uh, the Boat Bridges character, like the burnt-out NASA lifer uh, yeah. who like, yeah, has to guide right. them home. I yeah. think uh, Slater is Captain Overbeck, like a, like a by-the-book. Yeah. Um, Tony Kapowski is Julie, and Rocketman yeah. is Zach. Oh, you put Zach at Rocketman, huh? Yeah, because I think the uh, a Screech would just be unbearable, and he's got to fall in yeah. love with Julie, so that's yeah. not going to happen for Screech. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if Zach could pull off that kind of a quirky role. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he might be a little cool for that. I think he would turn down. He wouldn't want to compromise his cool image. Uh-huh. And see, Screech wouldn't have to worry about that. No, I, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think I think it would have been okay. <laughs> okay, so before before we, we wrap this up, is there a faith-based remake of Rocket Man that we can pitch? Is Rocket Man is Rocket Man a a future sequel in the God's Not Dead franchise? <laughs> uh, well, uh, you'd almost have to. Uh, You'd almost have to like meld or mold or combine Rocket Man with one of C.S. Lewis's space trilogy books, because <laughs> <laughs> then it would be instantly palatable to all Christians. Because there are no Christians who hate C.S. Lewis. This is this is true, <clears throat> and that might be a good way to ease people into the original Rocket Man. They'll say, "Oh, that was pretty good. That was." That saved a thousand people at the movie theater. We should go back and watch the original. Mm, okay, I see where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pitch a slightly different version. This this is probably by the time they get this made, I'm going to guess this will be God's Not Dead Five. Okay. And uh, <laughs> the premise the the premise is uh, Fred Randall, the, the Harlan Williams character, is a Christian going to Mars, and the two other astronauts are atheists. And they're going to Mars to somehow um, some work in some kind of angle where there's a scientific discovery that will disprove the existence of God forever. And uh, Harlan Williams uh, breaks through and, and saves their lives on Mars in the process. I thought you were going to say they discover Noah's Ark up there. Oh, there it is. Noah's Ark. It's on Mars. That's, <laughs> That's why we couldn't find it. it. That can be very inspirational. How did it get to Mars? <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, where's your faith? <laughs> <laughs> or it's like a uh, like a Planet of the Apes thing. They go up there and they like they they find they find the Ark, and then somehow they realize that you know humanity began on Mars or, or something like that. Right. Some kind of twist at the end. Yeah, that'd be a good twist. People, people, people wouldn't see the arc twist. They wouldn't see that coming. <laughs> How many God's Not Deads do you think there's going to be? I hope it's endless. I mean, there's just so many questions that, that the first two films didn't answer, such as, <laughs> is God in fact dead? <laughs> well, it seems like they're only trying to answer one question. I also need a crossover movie between the God's Not Dead franchise and the Heaven is for Real franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to know that Heaven is in fact for real and that's where God is. What about Heaven's Not Dead and God is for Real? Well, that's, that's some powerful <laughs> synergy right there, my friend. <laughs> you just cover all your bases in one movie. A movie that will never get old and is timeless. Yeah, I, I I really hope they make another movie. 
I mean, like that. Why, I mean, why can't they make another Rocket Man, another Encino Man? Maybe that's the crossover we need—a Rocket Man and Encino uh, Man. You know, thing there. I bet throwback movies like that would do fairly well now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like you're talking about your main audience being thirty-somethings. <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of people of our age who would flock to go see sequels to Encino Man and Rocket Man and Strange Brew. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe I'd be in the theater by myself. No, I'll be there with you. That's good. That's comforting. I'll, I'll go see it. <laughs> All right, Corey. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks. We were talking about Rocket Man with me. It's been my pleasure. When, uh, when I found out that you were a, uh, an expert on Rocket Man, I said, that's my next guest right there because I need yeah. someone to talk about Rocket Man. I'm surprised it took you this long to do a show on it. Or did it just take you did it take you this long to find somebody else who's seen the movie? That might have been it too. My face went back like this, and then I, I things flew out of my mouth. And, oh, can we do that again? Do it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs>